Hey marketers, if you want to get the latest news, trends, and insights in marketing, advertising, and tech, check out the Adweek Podcast Network. Learn from leading voices across media and marketing with original shows like Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, Marketing Vanguard, and Tech Magic with Kathy Hackle. Start listening now by searching Adweek wherever you listen to podcasts. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. Welcome to another episode of Champions of Change, where each week we spotlight the women and non-binary people making a difference in the sports world, both on and off the field. Every Friday, hear how athletes, marketers, creators, and executives are breaking down barriers and changing the game forever. As always, I'm your host, Adweek Senior TV reporter Molly Gahelane, where I write about all things streaming, connected TV, and sports media. I'm here with Andrea Hopelane, the SVP of Brand at EA Sports, which generates nearly $3 billion in annual revenue and reaches more than 300 million fans. So you could say it's a small company. Uh, before EA, Andrea's held roles at Hasbro, Sony Pictures, and Disney, and I am so excited to chat with her today. So Andrea, thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me, Molly. I'm excited to see you again. Yeah, I think the last time we caught up was out in LA when we were uh, at the Champions of Change brunch. That's right. That was was a fun event. Yeah, it definitely was. I think that was when I was like, I want to talk to this woman on my podcast. So (laughs) thanks for being here. I'm glad we made it happen. Um, So before we get into all of the very exciting things going on, I would love if you could kind of just, how did you end up at EA? Like, were you always into sports? What do you oversee? What? Tell me about yourself. Okay, um, let's get started. Yeah, I have been um, at EA for five years now. um, And for the last two and a half years, I have been overseeing the brand and the business for EA Sports. I, um, I didn't. Uh, no, I would wind up in this place. It was not on my, you know, perfectly carved out roadmap of what I was going to be when I grew up. Um, but it's been a really fun, 
fun, fun career journey that has really brought me across multiple dimensions of fans and fandom. Um, I'm really obsessed with the business of fandom and have been really lucky to work across that through sports and entertainment, consumer products, experiences, and technology. And so, yes, I've been in EA Sports for about two and a half years now. I am fortunate to lead a really, really talented and creative team that oversees brand management and marketing for EA Sports. Um, Our portfolio spans across global football, American football, hockey, basketball, baseball, golf, fighting, and motorsports. Um, And uh, we are in a really exciting business that is really naturally positioned to connect fans and players around the world with sports they love in innovative and really interactive ways. Um, And we are bringing fans closer to the sports they love and driving the future of sports fandom. So I uh, have a really fun job and I'm excited to talk a lot about all these things with you today. The business of fandom. I like that phrase. I might have to adopt that. Um, So last time we talked, uh, I think it had just been announced. So one of EA Sports' biggest properties is FIFA, right? Um, But that's changing. Not that it's not going to be a huge property, but that's becoming EA Sports FC. So how are you kind of handling that rebrand of such a big property? And how are you marketing this new title and growing this brand awareness? As you might imagine, a decision to move away from a brand that we've been with for almost 30 years is wasn't insignificant. It was a massive decision. And that deep history is one that we're incredibly proud of. Um, we have, I mean, I like to think that some days we've built more equity in FIFA than FIFA's built themselves. Um, but that's a subjective statement, not a, not a, not a fact. Um, but, you know, it has been a really big decision and one we haven't taken lightly um, over the last couple of years as we've been thinking about it. We today have more than 150 million players that come into our football experiences on an annual basis. And what they expect and demand for, from us and what we deliver them, for them is authenticity, immersion, and innovation. And we're continuing to be super, super committed to that. But we also want to define and continue to define the future of football with a focus on bringing fans closer and closer to the sport. And we believe deeply in our ability to lead football forward for fans around the world. But it requires that we evolve from a video game powered by football to a football platform powered by video games. And the nuance in that is that we believe that we can accomplish so much more through the lens of play connecting players, connecting fans, watch, create, participate. And what our fans really need from us is for us to continue to deliver the authenticity and the innovation in those spaces. And what we found as we were, you know, evaluating what we really wanted and what our fans really wanted was that the relationship with FIFA wasn't the defining factor in our success. What our fans really needed was and want is they want to be able to play with 19,000 players in the world of sport. And they want to assemble their teams with those players. They want the 700 teams, more than 700 teams that exist in the world of sport. They want 30 
30 plus leagues and they want the support um, uh, and they want us to show up with that support and that innovation around those things inside of our game. Um, And the FIFA brand didn't deliver those things. We have more than 300 different licenses and partners underneath FIFA that allow us to deliver that authenticity that our fans crave and demand. And so we decided that um, to push our ambitions forward into that football platform powered by video games, that it was, it was time for us to build our own. Okay, you said a lot of really interesting things there, and there's, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm like parsing through it in my head trying to pick out where I want to go from there. Um, but I think the idea that, and now that I'm thinking about it, the idea that EA Sports has built more equity in the FIFA name brand than FIFA has, and again, subjective, I'm not saying it's a fact, but I would agree with that subjective statement. And that, and I'm, I'm thinking a lot about soccer and football right now, obviously, because we're in the World Cup, right? Uh, Team USA, USA versus the world, let's go. The one time of the, every four years I feel patriotic. Let's go. <laughs> Um, but no, that's definitely really interesting. And then especially when you think about the amount of leagues that are under, I'm, I'm just thinking about what you're saying and it's, it, it resonates for sure. And I feel like it's a huge opportunity for EA sports to even further your own brand growth too, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, we, we believe that we, I think I said it already, but we really believe that we can drive the future of sports and sports fandom. And when you think about what, how Gen Z is falling in love with sports today. You know, they're athlete first, followed by team, followed by league. They are, um, their first form of fame of entertainment is video games. And you think about the space that we own in that place today and what the equity that we've built in EA sports in delivering that for them, it becomes a huge opportunity for us to combine what they know and love, what we do and deliver that is unique. No one is doing what we do today. Um, It's a huge opportunity for us to lead sport forward. Definitely. And then I want to talk about um, kind of the new elements that are coming both in FIFA 23 and then also in EA Sports FC around female soccer players and female football players. So like NWSL just arrived on FIFA 23. And I will tell you anecdotally, the first FIFA game I played was actually during the pandemic in 2020, like early 2020. I got FIFA 19 because it was the first time that you could play women's soccer players. I wanted to play Team USA. Um, And since then, I have every iteration since because I fell in love with it. Um, But so FIFA 23 had a record-breaking launch. And I'm curious kind of, what do you see of the benefits of adding the women's leagues in, especially tied to like with the World Cup happening? Yeah, well, uh, it's it's really a there's a multi-dimensional answer for this. I think that I'll start with when you think about the fact that gamers make up more than a third of the world's population, and almost fifty percent of EA's fan base is female. As we think about our role as leaders in the evolution of sports fandom and entertainment, it requires that we support and empower women, both inside and outside of our games. And we're delivering the world's game through interactive play. And you can't deliver the world's game without representing all of the players that play this game. And so across our EA Sports portfolio broadly, we've invested deeply 
in um, deeply in starting to deliver and increase broader representation in sport, particularly elevating women. You know, you're calling out a number of things that you've seen inside of our FIFA product and our future FC product that we're launching this year um, in football, global football. Um, and I often reference it as global football because we also talk about American football a lot at EA Sports. Um, <clears throat> but in football, the most significant, imp that's really been the most significant impact that we've made in representation of women. And we've delivered a, a variety of women's experiences, some of which you referenced, um, that have really begun to significantly increase engagement for the sport and increase awareness and representation. We began this in football in 2016, but have significantly advanced it over the last many years through um, a multi-year build on technology that's allowed us to um, get to the right female skeletons, um, uh, the right female form inside of the inside of the game, which will allow us to best represent the nuances of how women play the game. You know, it would be. It would be terrible if we had showed up and said, hey, we put women in the game, but we just put female heads on top of a male skeleton and said, they're there. Um, and so we've done significant research. Um, we've done um, significant technology investments to really make sure that the fidelity of the women's game, the nuances of the female form, the female gait, like how we run, um, all of that was perfected before really materially launching in last year's game, um, deeply women's club football, and this year going deeper and introducing women further into the deep modes of FC24. Yeah, and you can definitely p tell when you do play that it, the, the research is there, the thoughts there. It's not, it's not a cursory attempt. It's a, it's a deep investment in it. Um, and I mean, women play video games too. I mean, That's Michael right. Jordan voice, Republicans buy sneakers too. Um, but I didn't realize that it was the uh, EA Sports 50% is women as well. Across electronic arts. Across, okay, our across EA electronic arts. Uh, across EA. Okay, got it. Um, but so, and we've talked, and we're going to come back to football, global football, because if, Anybody who listens know that knows that I don't shut up about soccer, but I want to talk about some of the other properties in EA Sports too, right? So NHL 23 had a woman on the cover for the first time this year, Sarah Nurse, but U UFC, we've got the PGA Tour. So how have you been integrating, or how has the brand been integrating female athletes into these historically male-dominated games? And then how does that kind of play into the marketing strategy to grow these audiences? Yeah. Um, there's a, you noted a couple of them. There's a lot of examples of our uh, the representation and the delivery of women's game across EA Sports in the last couple of years. You're right. This year we brought LPGA into our PGA Tour game. We have uh, we brought double uh, IHF hockey into NHL last year. And you're right, Sarah Nurse history making cover um, with Sarah Nurse on the cover. Um, we also had Sam Kerr on our cover last year of FIFA 23 with Killian Mbappe. Um, we have, we added, um, we're adding female refs into um, Madden 24, Madden NFL 24 this, this year, which is the first. And that leverages the same skeleton technology I was referring to that we've been working on inside of FC. It's, it's the same skeleton technology that's powering our ability to continue to, to represent women inside of NFL. Um, and of course, we have female fighters inside of our UFC game. All of these things are 
you know, really important growth areas in terms of representation, but they also highlight EA Sports' unique ability to create accessible entry points into the sport digitally. Um, we have more than 350 million um, players and fans that come into our ecosystem on an annual basis. So it you know creates accessible entry points and broadens the fandom broadens the fandom funnel for sport. It allows us to showcase immersion and authenticity between real world and in-game. And for me, I think the real value, and particularly for our partners around the world, our league partners and the teams and the clubs and the athletes, we have the ability to drive value and relevance because we allow for deeply integrated marketing and in-game opportunities. And so it's not just watching them through linear entertainment in live world matches. But if you think about, again, the preferences of Gen Z being first form of entertainment, being intera interactive entertainment and gameplay, we can create value through play that attaches greater fandom and greater um, it creates a greater attachment for fans to these athletes, to these clubs, to these leagues that they um, that is complementary to their broadcast strategies and actually can drive the next generation of fans for these leagues. Okay, first of all, I wish people listening could have seen my face about the female refs coming to Madden because I did not know that. That's really exciting. Um, and also the Sam Kerr cover too from last year, loved it. Um, I, I think my favorite soccer celebration is the Sam Kerr backflip. Um, and then Nike's doing a really cool series of spots right now. And one of them is a, just a minute long segment that is Sam Kerr's backflip. And I love it. But it's also really interesting. I'm not Gen Z, I'm a millennial. But the idea that Gen Z comes in and like the way they interact with fandom and fans coming in as fans of athletes, teams, and then that drives into the broader ecosystem. That's really interesting to me. Um, and I mean, that's like I said earlier, like I came into the FIFA soon to be um, EA Sports FC because I was a fan of the US women's national team, right? And early pandemic sports canceled. Like the last live event I had gone to was the She Believes Cup. Um, and so I just, I missed it. I was watching like the rematches of national team games on ESPN because there was nothing happening. And then this created this whole ecosystem for me and I'm still here. Um, so that's just, that's anecdotal. This podcast is not about me, but just wanted to say that. Um, I think now is a very quick time, a good time to take a quick ad break and we will be right back. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality. All right, welcome back. Um, and Andrea, before we keep going with the business side of things, I have a question for you. What consoles do you have? Like, what platform do you play on? Um, I have a PlayStation. Uh, I have a PlayStation at home. I have an Xbox in the office. Um, I have a Switch and a mobile phone. And so I sort of dabble across all of them. Um, it's important for what I do to sort of to understand the player experience, but also there are certain games that are just that are better delivered through certain experiences. And so uh, I am a what do we call it? Like a multi-hyphenate. Like I play across all of them. <laughs> Well, I think I'm in the wrong industry because I would like an Xbox in my office. <laughs> um, I have a PlayStation and I have a Switch, um, but I live in a small New York apartment. I don't think there's room for an Xbox, though. So if the New York Liberty are listening, you guys can give me one with your partnership. I'll take it. It's great. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. And then, OK, what are I mean, I know you're going to say all of them, but like personally, what do you like to play the most? I'm a big fan of motorsports. I'm a huge Formula One fan. And so um, you'll often find me um, on playing Formula One at home. My son, I have a six-year-old son who's also obsessed with cars and racing. And so um, we have fun on the couch together, you know, testing our skills and, you know, testing our, our skills on some of the corners and some of the circuits. Oh, that's so fun. Oh, I love that. I used to play Mario Kart with my dad when I was little. Uh, we weren't allowed to have like PlayStations or Xboxes. We had um, a GameCube and that was it. So came into video games a little bit late. Uh, okay. And then I want to talk a little bit, and we've chatted about this before too, but there's a like EA Sports is not just a, and it, it, okay, I'm going to phrase EA Sports is not just video games, right? And you talked about it. You're building a platform of football. So there's some initiatives you guys are taking. I'm thinking specifically EA Sports FC Futures and the Starting Nine Fund. Can you kind of tell me about those and where you see that going and why it's important to get involved in the community outside of outside of video games? Absolutely. Um, we are, we're deeply committed to accelerating sport and sport fandom. And we know that fans aren't just interested in playing, but fans want to connect with like-minded fans. We want to drive connection. We want to drive creation around sport. We want to drive um, new forms of watch around sport. And most importantly, we want to drive participation. We've heard countless stories from fans around the world that have told us, you know, hey, I learned how to play football through playing Madden. Or, you know, I went and tried out for my high school soccer team because I played FIFA. And so there's a really strong storyline um, that we've heard from players and fans around the world, but also an obligation for us of, of really pushing sport forward. 
And so we have announced a couple of really, really great initiatives around sport, particularly in football, um, one of which you called out. It's actually our starting 11 fund. Um, oh. and My bad. No, it's okay. <laughs> it's our starting 11 fund, and it's part of our broader commitment to women's football. Um, we are committed to being change makers and, um, you know, combining words and actions and really getting things off the page um, and pushing pushing the game forward off the pitch. And so we built a, a starting 11 fund, which is an accelerator fund, which is rooted um, in driving sport forward. It's um, it prov- and, and through it, we have an internship program a football internship program, which we are working with partners around the world to inspire and empower young female athletes, um, as well as young female business leaders from diverse backgrounds to become involved in the world of football and um, give them the opportunity to experience new career opportunities, um, whether it's through competition competition or areas like engineering, training, business. And so um, that's been a great initiative for us and an, um, an awesome commitment on our behalf to grow the game, um, not just the game on the pitch, but the game off the pitch. Um, you also mentioned FC Futures, which is um, another big initiative of ours, which is um, uh, a multi-million dollar commitment to invest and grow community level football on a global scale. And so we've been investing over the next, and we will be investing over the next couple of years um, to, to not only create public of publicly available training materials um, that will be available in five or six different languages um, for players and community coaches to see online and be able to use to build training plans to be to coach young athletes in the sport. Um, we're also creating and refurbishing pitches around the globe um, and in partnership with leagues around the world. And um, we're also working on building out training accessories like bibs and balls and cones and equipment that will help um, that will help bring all of that together. Oh, I love this. I mean, I'd, I'd read... I've read the materials. Also, I'm still really embarrassed that I called it Starting Nine Fund. I just can't read, guys. I know the 11 people start on the soccer pitch. <laughs> um, so if people wanted to get involved, like if people in the community want to get involved, how would they do that? Um, reach out to us. You know, we're certainly working with sport partners around the globe, whether it's Nike or UEFA. Um, but, you know, definitely reach out to us. Um, reach out to me directly and we'll make sure to point you in the right direction. Great. And then, okay, let's talk more about you because I'm really curious about your career path. Um, I know you were global strategy and marketing for over a billion dollars of portfolio brands at Hasbro, franchise strategy and marketing at Sony, years at Disney. Kind of, can you walk us through your kind of career path? And I know you've been at EA for five years now, EA Sports two and a half, but what did you learn from your past roles that you've taken into your current? Sure. That's a great question. I mean, I've had such a fun career journey. And I think it's because um, at every turn, I've been able to stay true to what I love. And I mentioned it to you already, but I'll say it again, because it's it's worth it to know what you love. And I am obsessed with the business of fandom. And so working across fandom on multiple dimensions has been 
a real treat and a real learning opportunity, but it's kept me close to the thing that lights me up and wakes me up every day is to study the emotional connection that fans have with brands, with characters, with stories, with worlds, with competition, athletes. If you look through, you know, you think about my role at Disney or ESPN or Sony or Hasbro, all of those brands are brands that make emotional connections with audiences. And I've, um, you know, not to um, not to be dismissive of the work that many people do around the world, but I've always sort of had a clear line for myself. Um, I wouldn't be super enthused to go work, um, you know, for household goods, you know, <laughs> uh, or a big box store that sells household goods, or you know, uh, those, they just don't light me up. So. Knowing that at my core, that I'm obsessed with that business of fandom, has really helped me make great choices and led me down an important path. The other thing that's been exciting for me uh, in my career is that I've held a number of different marketing roles along the way. Um, And having the heart of my career being rooted in marketing has allowed me to show up as a business leader with a deep consumer-first orientation. And thinking about the consumer first at every step of my journey has allowed me to transition to a business leader um, and has allowed me to transition to a leader who's been accountable for businesses that deliver multiple billions of dollars of revenue on an annual basis. But it reminds me always that revenue is an outcome versus a goal. And so when you're in charge of shaping culture and engaging and growing a community, you know, those become the first goal. And when you do that well, you're able to make money. And so that's really been um, special for me in my career and how, and how I've navigated some of the really interesting roles that I've been able to, to travel and traverse in my career. There was so much good advice in that response, not just for people that are in the business of sports, not just for marketers, but just just throughout career paths. So I'm I I am going to go back and listen to that and just take some notes. I don't have my notebook with me right now, and I'm regretting that. Um, But thank you for that. That was a really thoughtful answer. Um, And then, okay, did you play sports growing up? I did. I was a soccer player. Um, I played soccer for a very long time, and even through college, I was I, I played soccer, which has been a really fun um, and and very applicable to what I do today. Um, I mean, applicable in the obvious ways, and that yes, FIFA and EA Sports and everything. But did I don't I've t- I asked this to people that have been especially collegiate athletes too. But, but I feel like there's a lot of skills that are transferred from playing sports into business. Like, do you feel the same? I 100% do. The mindset of an athlete, um, an athlete is deeply determined. The athlete understands the importance of practice. Practice, practice, practice. The athlete understands failure um, and vulnerability. You know, there's not many moments that you have to make that, you know, winning shot and put the ball in the back of the net. And so it requires practice. Um, an athlete, you know, a team athlete in particular, sees the value in team. Um, it sees the, you know, it, 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 it allows for you to be low ego. You know, you got to hit milestones. You got to make shit happen. Um, all of those are really 
important components of, of being an athlete that I think transfer to business. Okay. I'm going to make a guess here. Winning shot in the back of the net. Were you a forward? I was a center midfielder. Oh, you know, that would have been my second choice, but now I'm not, now I'm annoyed at myself. You know, <laughs> but- I, I, I actually like that you said that because I talk about my role as a center midfielder being almost exactly aligned with the type of leader I show up as today. You know, the center midfielder doesn't take all the shots. They take a few, um, but in general, they like to put people in position to win. And so they're calling the corners and they're calling the horizons. They're communicating broadly. Um, So I think that that's how I show up as a leader today. And that is rooted in team sport for me and the role that I played on the pitch. That is such a good analogy. I love that I accidentally set that up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Then... You touched on this a little bit, but what advice would you give to people that uh, to people that are up and coming that are trying to break into sports or marketing? I I continue to believe that we need more diverse voices in sports, in gaming, in marketing, um, and particularly, I spend a lot of time talking to women who are really interested in getting into these spaces. Um, they offer we offer entirely different perspective on success, on representation, inclusion, on we have different skill sets and strengths that allow for more innovation and creativity in any organization. Uh, and so, and I don't believe that you need to be a deep sports fan or a deep gamer to do what we do. I think what you need is to be deeply curious You need to be deeply confident that you have the right learning mindset, um, that you, um, that you, your background and your skills and what you are good at can translate and be analogous to what you will be, what you will do next. And because of that, you can, you should, and I want you to be totally candid spot the things that I don't see because they're so ingrained in what I do. Tell me the things that an outside pers- from an outside perspective that you don't think make sense. And so that like confidence, that candor, that curiosity, those are really important components um, that I like to encourage people to bring to the table versus telling me why you're such an avid sports fan or an avid video gamer. Um, I want people that come in and think like scientists that you know, that, that want to dig in and learn and ask the questions and embrace the failure because it gets us closer to new paths of success. And so that's what I would give. That's the advice I would give people is be confident, be curious, be candid and think like a scientist. Think like a scientist. It's a little difficult for those creative types, but I know. Um, no, that's great though. And I love that it's such it sounds like it's you're making a very accessible space for people. You don't have to be a deep gamer. You don't have to be a deep sports fan. But if you have those kinds of skills and just the, the right mindset, it's possible, right? Anything is. Anything. I'm, I, the diversity of talent on my team is pretty broad. And I think going back to the, my love of fans, I think that you should appreciate and, you know, you should appreciate the subject matter and understand the emotional connection that fans have with our brands and why they care. But you don't personally have to be the deepest fan. You have to care why they care. Care why they care. I love that. 
All right, Andrea, I've got one more question for you before I let you go. Um, but how do you think people can best be an ally to the women and non-binary folks that are working in sports? Uh, keep opening the door, you know, put your arm around people, show them the path. Um, there isn't a world that I would be where I am today if I hadn't had doors open for me um, and pathways opened, you know, my curiosity and my questions answered by leaders and peers around me. And so I just say, keep showing up for others, um, keep leaning in and keep being receptive to the interests of those around you and the backgrounds of those around you. That is, I feel like that's a great way to end. So thank you so much for being here and everyone, thank you so much for listening. We will be back next week. Thanks for having me, Molly. Thank you for listening to Champions of Change, Shattering Ceilings in Sports, part of the Adweek Podcast Network and ACAST Creator Network. This podcast was produced by Amanda Sickler, executive produced by Al Manorino and John Heal, and edited by Lane McGibbony at Batwell Studios. You can listen and subscribe to all Adweek's podcasts by visiting adweek.com slash podcasts. Stay updated on all things Adweek Podcast Network by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcast. And if you have a question or suggestion for the show, shoot us an email at podcast at adweek.com. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 